0: hello everyone welcome back to another episode of interview with an avatar my name is tyler you can find me on twitter at cryptic ghost too if you're new to this podcast this podcast is a podcast designed to get to know the people behind the avatars that you deal with on a daily basis um, right now i'm going through cowboy twitter and today i have a very special guest uh i do not know this guest's last name but he is a um he's a co-host of the talking boys with the boys podcast it is mario mario how you doing today man
1: I'm good, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. For future reference, my last name is Herrera. Uh,
0: there you go. <laughs> so, h- how was your week? You know, long work week, short work work week. How how was, how was it for you?
1: Uh, long week at work, but that's normal for me. My, my shifts are 10 hours. So, <clears throat> I put in 52 hours this week. It's Friday. Got out a little early today. Glad to be out. Get the weekend started.
0: Yeah, you're... You're you're busy man. So you you have a party to go to tonight. So we had to we have to hammer this thing out because it's Father's Day weekend as well too.
1: That's true, man. Man, I'm gonna be really busy this weekend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. So uh, where can the where can listeners find you at on Twitter, podcast, YouTube, writing? Uh,
1: well, mostly I reside on Twitter now. Um, I very seldom get on Facebook anymore. There's uh, too many rules over there. Yeah. <laughs> Get put in jail for no reason yeah in facebook jail i mean so uh on twitter they can find me at uh mario powers up with underscores in between all right um uh they can listen to a podcast So right now we're in between seasons one and 2 it's talking boys with the boys um but we're getting to get season two started up here pretty soon so um probably sometime within the next two three weeks nice uh, talking.
0: If you guys are new to Talking Boys with the Boys, that, that is a very energetic podcast, and they bring the heat every single episode. It's it's a good listen. It's a good one to subscribe to and listen to every single week.
1: Hell oh, yeah, I appreciate you for that. Um, that's what we try to do, you know, there's, like they say, you know, anybody and everybody has a podcast these days, right? So yeah. we, we try to be a little different, you know, we try to be real. Um, try not to be like the, the suits on TV, you know, where they have a narrative and, if, if if we disagree on our podcast we disagree for real you know it, it's not planned beforehand like well it, you know it makes for a good listen if you say this and I say this like no so we, uh, and I think that's why we make such a good group together because we're kind of split down the middle on several things yeah and it makes it makes for good conversation yeah that's that's really what
0: uh, you know what podcasts need it's not so it's no it's not not so monotonous Uh, So like I said, you guys bring the heat and it's a good listen because it's got different perspectives throughout it. So uh, let's get this thing started, man. Um, Tell the audience a little bit about yourself growing up, where you live, what you do knowing the whole nine.
1: Well, uh, I am 35 years old. Um, I got a beautiful wife, three kids. Uh, um, My life's not that exciting, to be honest with you, man. I mean, I just. Go to work and spend time with my family, and and you know every once in a while go out somewhere. But uh, I grew up in South Texas, uh, a little town called Alice, which is about 40 miles west of Corpus Christi. Okay. And about two miles north of the Rio Grande Valley. So um, I can actually be in Mexico in about two hours. No, uh, that's that's how close I am. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Mexico. No. Oh, uh, yes, I have. I I went for uh, work one
0: time. I was like an uh, hour, hour and a half northwest of Mexico City. Oh, wow. OK,
1: you were in there then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never been that far in. Uh, there's a little town right on the border called Progreso. OK. And everybody goes there for cheap shopping and, and uh, people love crossing over and going and buying liquor over there because it's like 20 percent of the price it is over here on on this side of the border. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like to go to the doctors, to the dentist, um, because they really don't say no to any insurance over there, and most of the time you don't even use your insurance because it's just so cheap. Yeah. Uh, for the services that you get. but all oh, you know, the doctors and dentists uh, on that side, they all get their degrees on the United States side of the border,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then they go back to their hometown and they open up over there and they offer, you know, much cheaper services for people. So, it's pretty cool going down that way. Um, I have, I got my son over here. He wants to see what we're doing. Hey, bud. Uh, <laughs> <have a> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I got, I'm the oldest of four siblings. Um, I got two brothers and a sister. We're very close. We got a group text. We go back and forth every day. Um. Like I said, my life's not too exciting, man. That's pretty much, pretty much what it is for me, you know. Just work and 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 home and family, and of course, uh, being on Twitter, Cowboys football, and love talking to Cowboys and watching the Cowboys. Everything Cowboys, right? Yep. So,
0: do do you still live in the same area that you grew up in? I still do,
1: actually. Yes, I I still live in Alice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's good. I live about fifteen minutes away from where I grew up with with my parents.
2: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I, it's, it, it's interesting to see like uh, how people leave. Like I left and I came back uh, because, because I did time in the service. Uh, I didn't want to come back. Uh, I wanted to, I tried to move to, I tried to move to Dallas uh, cause I'm, I'm a big IT guy and wife said, no. And I tried to move to Nashville and she said, no, we're, we're going home. So <laughs> I got stuck here in middle of Ohio, but you know, it is what it is. So growing up, uh you split you play any sports
1: um yeah I started playing football uh in uh, fifth grade yeah uh, and, and that's the crazy thing that I always think about is I used to like to watch football and of course throw the ball around my friends and stuff but I never actually thought about playing until then and that's because my dad was reading the paper at the kitchen table and he's like hey come here you want to play football and I'm like okay and then ever since then, I just love the sport, man. I can't get enough of it.
0: So, like, d- down that far, is, is soccer
1: really big since you're that close to Mexico? Um, soccer, I mean, it's probably bigger than it is a little further up north. Yeah. Um, but even this far down south, it is all about, like, Texas high school football. Wow. Um, actually, my son, uh, my oldest son, who's 14, he plays seven on seven. And – he's been playing peewee football since the third grade and it's so down here we groom our kids very early because yeah. you know that's what i mean most parents who are into sports you know that's the sport you want your kids to play That you know they get up there and you want to be out there on on under the friday night lights watching your kid you know score touchdowns and and uh, make interceptions and that kind of thing um so it football is really, really big down here, but it, I mean, it's big in the entire state of Texas, really.
0: Yeah. Uh, so is, is Alice, is that like one of those small towns where everything shuts down on Friday nights? Pretty much. Yeah. Um,
1: Alice has, um, it came out in one of like the top 10 things in the Texas football magazine, okay. we actually have like a very iconic stadium. It's Memorial stadium. And, it's not modern at all um, the bleachers and stuff they're actually made of cement like it's one of those old stadiums mm-hmm. of course the seating they've the seating is aluminum but the actual base all the stairs are like solid cement like it's it's been the same stadium since man i guess you know like the 60s probably when they built it so
0: when when you're you know you said you started playing in about 5th grade uh so like did you before then like were you playing like pickup games, some backyard football with your with the boys, and oh then yeah, all, all the of time. a sudden you're just like your dad asked you want to play, and then what position do you play you know
1: um I played quarterback quarterback, so I played quarterback, uh my first peewee football team was the Raiders, so i I kind of have a little soft spot for the Raiders today because of that yeah i've always I've always liked them, you know, rooting – Aside from the Cowboys, yeah. um, I've always kind of silently rooted for the Raiders, you know, just because that was my first team, the first jerseys that I wore when I was a kid, and we mm-hmm. had the awesome silver helmets with the with the old Raiders logo on it. Um, so I, I I played quarterback, um, dual threat, you know, running. I mean, that's pretty much everybody in, in Pee Wee, right? Yeah. Um, defense, I played cornerback. Um, took me a while to learn the position. Uh, a lot of yelling from my dad for me being in the wrong spot, yeah. <laughs> and not containing the outside. But I, I, I got pretty good at it. And then once I moved up to actually play for school, um, I was pretty good. Uh, I always started corner on um, the defensive side of the ball. Um, quarterback, really. I only did in Pee Wee because um, I, I think they thought I wasn't tall enough to play quarterback for the school. Yeah. So I, I played receiver. So. I did my best where, wherever they put me, kind of jack-of-all-trades on the field.
0: But did you like playing receiver, or did you like playing cornerback better?
1: At first, I was a little upset, you know, because I'd been a quarterback for three years, you know, always yeah. having command of the offense, and, you know, everybody's looking at you in the huddle, and you're the one making decisions on the field. So it was a little bit of an adjustment, but I I, I grew to like wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um I had pretty good hands, but I was never the fastest, never the strongest, of course, never the tallest. Yeah. Um, I had my moments, you know. You got look back on those glory days sometimes. Yeah, you're like you're like Jarvis Landry, you know? There you go. Not, not you the go. fastest, not the
0: <laughs> not the tallest, but you got hands, man. So uh at like uh to, to move on. So like what point in your life did you decide what you're doing for a living? Cause cause I don't know what you what you do for a living.
1: Well, what I do right now actually um I'm kind of the same at work. So I've been with my employer for this September will be 16 years. Nice. And it is, um, my company manufactures parts for the oil field. So it's okay. an oil field related job, but I work in a shop. I come home every day. You know, I'm not getting camped out in places where I got to stay, you know, 21 days or whatever before I come yeah. back home. Uh, so I'm actually a machinist. Okay. Uh, so, and, you know, I tell people that and, you know, they kind of get really impressed like, oh, wow, man, you're a machinist. And to me, it's kind of like, well, I've been doing this since I was 19. So I guess I kind of take for granted what kind of a skill and, and, and a high demand trade that being a machinist is. Yeah. So um, I guess I kind of just grew into it. So uh, my wife and I got married very young uh, when I was 19. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of those. I we're married, I'm going to start a family. I need to get a better job than what I have because I used to work at um, our local grocery store.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And looking back now, I can't believe how I ever survived with that pay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I started working there when I was in high school. And so I had to get a better job, a better paying job. And, and that's where it started. And I got trained up to be a machinist, and that's where I've been ever since.
0: So you run, you run like the CNC machines and stuff like that.
1: Yes. I run CNC lathes and mills. Yeah. Um, I've never ran a manual lathe. I'm actually afraid of it. I don't know how these guys do it, man. They huge parts spinning yeah. in the spindle. They're putting their face right in front of it. and like, I don't uh, No, That's not for me. Yeah. I'll, I've actually
0: I'll... heard, I've heard, I've heard horror stories about like lathes and stuff like that. Like, like, you know, like, uh, like chicks getting their, their hair caught in it or, you know, um, uh, dude getting like there's there's their sweatshirts caught in it and stuff like that i'm like man i have no part of anything like that <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> so um to, to the next point so
1: obviously you didn't go to college for that did you no um and that's that's something that i that i regret um i feel like i didn't have much much guidance and that's not really any fault of of, of my parents you know that I would have been the first one in my family to go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents didn't go to college. They got married very young. Uh, My grandparents were actually born in Mexico and they uh, immigrated to the United States. Okay. So nobody in my family really excelled academically in that way. Uh, I did, you know, I I graduated top 10% of my class. Um, I actually had a full ride to the University of Texas, San Antonio. Okay. But being just a kid, not having that guidance, I procrastinated a little too long and I applied too late for housing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I wasn't going to have anywhere to live when I got over there. All right. So I said, well, okay, I'll just wait and uh, I'll go in the spring. It's been uh, almost 20 years and uh, spring ain't here yet. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you would have went to college, what do you think you would have studied? Well, I had signed up for uh, business management, okay um, which is sort of even now with my current employer. Uh, I've been a supervisor for over a decade. Um, I've been project manager for for a couple years. Um, the thing with my company is the roles they they're very fluid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you know everybody owner wants everybody to feel like they're pulling the wagon wants everybody to feel like a leader Mm -hmm. so titles aren't really there like they used to be right it's kind of all right you're going to move on to your next project and these are your responsibilities um so i guess i'm kind of doing what i would have majored in uh not not on a large scale but making decisions in in a shop and and uh leading a manufacturing effort in that regard
0: yeah you know even though you said you have a you had, um, you know, a full scholarship, like I'm not, I'm not, sh- I'm, I don't, I'm not too sure about scholarships, but like, does that include like housing and stuff like that? Cause if, if not, you saved a crap ton of money, just, just working your way up, you know,
1: it would have, it would have included it. Um, I just applied too late. So, I mean, of course I wasn't going to have, my parents worked very hard, mm-hmm. but they weren't, I don't think they would have had enough money to support me being over there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I already knew that if I went to college, regardless of how much financial support I got from the school, I was gonna have to get a part-time job if I wanted to have spending money. Yeah. Um, you know, because the the that uh the housing stuff came with meals. Um, but I don't think they feed you on the weekends and stuff, you know. Yeah. And I mean San Antonio is it's like an hour and a half and away. Like an hour and a half away from home, so I mean, I wouldn't have starved, you know what I mean, but uh, right. I, I would have had to have at least a part-time job to help support my while I was up there. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, as we're going through your life here, you know, a lot of people have like, uh, you know, like near-death experiences or like really exhilarating experiences. Uh, and when you lo- when you look back, uh, what is one of those experiences that is like super exhilarating to you? Um, were you scared? Uh, how'd you feel in that moment?
1: Well, the th- the one time that always stands out to me, like I said, you know, I haven't had a super exciting life. I haven't really traveled much or anything like that. So pretty much anything that's ever happened to me happened here at home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my best friend, um, he's actually in the service. He's about two years away from retiring. He's a Marine stationed up in, in uh, North Carolina. Okay. Um, when we were down here, we were still in high school, and we weren't ever getting in any trouble or anything like that, but he had strict parents. I really didn't, um, but we would do this thing whenever we wanted to go out, is he would tell his parents he was going to my house, and I would tell my parents I was going to his house, and then we just go do whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, so we went to a party one night, and we had planned to stay there um where we where we went to the party and uh a friend of ours patricia was was her house well our plans fell through because party's over it's probably about one in the morning and her dad's like you guys can't stay here so we're like oh crap well what are we gonna do then you know can't call my parents come get us and be like well what are you doing there you know you say you're going to adrian's and Really can't call his because his parents were strict. So being the crazy guys that we were and, you know, just being young and just enjoying being with each other most of the time, it's just like, let's walk to your house. I'm like, to my house? I don't live in town. I live outside of town in a rural area. Mm -hmm. So from where we were to get to my house is probably going to be about anywhere between like 15 and 17 miles so we look at each other and we're like screw it let's do it so here go two 16 17 year olds about to walk almost 20 miles in the middle of the night yeah and uh, we're walking through town and um we had to we had to be mindful of curfew as well mm-hmm. so we're avoiding cop cars and You know, so we don't get picked up and get in trouble. And we end up walking through this unsavory neighborhood. And um, we're just walking and it's really dark. There's like not very many lights, And we can hear people talking. And we're just walking on the street and we look to our left and you can see kind of silhouettes on the porch. And one of the guys is like, what are y'all doing? Right? And we're just like, we're just walking. And uh, can I cuss on your pod?
0: Yeah, 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 you're
1: good. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. That guy's like, get the fuck out of here, right? And we're kind of like, oh, man, like, we're just walking by, and we start walking a little bit faster. Well, then we hear gunshots. So we book it, and we get to the end of the street, and at the end of the street, there's a corner store. And we run around in front of the corner store, but it's not a 24-hour one closed. So there's, like, a, a private fence on the other side in the parking lot, and there's a couple of planks missing from one of them. We jump through there and we hide behind the fence. And we're like, holy shit, man, did we just get shot at? So we're kind of sitting there, you know, hearts racing. I mean, we're scared. We're tired from that sprint. And, and you know, we just, we waited out for maybe 10, 15 minutes before we realized, all right, all right these guys aren't coming after us. And I mean, I don't know if we got shot at or if they shot in the air, just to scare us away. But I mean we're just teenagers and it was a pretty scary experience and then so from that point um we ended up going getting to my house about five thirty in the morning yeah and uh walked in
0: <laughs> lay down went to sleep <laughs> so like how how far like into your walk was this like how, like so you said you were still in in the neighborhood and then you live you know way you said you live uh like 17 miles away or whatnot so like how actually far away were you like from your house I
1: was about i want to say like maybe so we were like right on the outskirts of town already like it's like the last neighborhood before it's just all highway from there mm-hmm. so it's probably about 10 miles from my house still Oh, wow. When that happened. So we still had a long way to go. So you guys,
0: because I, I take it, is, you know, is so is it like so rural that there's like no, there's no uh, like street lights or anything. You're just going by moonlight. So are you guys like watching your back the whole time?
1: We're like by moonlight and we actually uh, walked on the railroad tracks.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: And anytime we see a car on the highway, we duck down in case it's a state trooper going to pick us up, you know, being past curfew. Yeah, And uh, we got about four miles, four or five miles out of town. So about halfway from the edge of town to my house. And uh, there was actually a little ranch out there that my grandpa would lease where he had, uh, would go fish in there because there's a creek back there. Uh, He would keep cows, goats, pigs and stuff there. And uh, we stopped and drank water from water troughs. Uh, Replenished ourselves halfway for for the rest of the trek.
2: I mean,
0: getting getting shot at is is something that's like, it's it's exhilarating. Like I've never actually been like shot at like that, but I like to 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 be a teenager and be like, like like especially if you're not used to it, you know, like it, it, not like when like the inner city, like you know you're you're way out there, and then all of a sudden you're just like, damn, th- this shit is real.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially I mean, those guys were being so hostile, man. You know, we weren't doing anything; we we're just kids walking by.
0: Yeah. So to go along with that, like, exhilarating moment, um, a lot of people have, like, low moments. Uh, if you don't mind telling us, tell us, like, one of the lowest moments you had in your life and and how you pulled yourself out of it or how you, how, how you did pull yourself out of it.
1: Well, this actually was not recent, recent, but it's been, it was probably about 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so my job, like I explained earlier, is an oil field related job. So when the oil field goes down, my job goes down.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I have been fortunate enough to have never been laid off from my employer, but, um, times get really, really lean. Yeah. And, um, I've taken pay cuts. I've taken hour cuts. Um, I've gotten to the point where. I'm only working 32 hours 30 hours a week um and getting supplemented by like a temporary unemployment card you know it's, it doesn't really make up your full 40 hour salary but yeah so it's gotten bad before and um my wife and i had actually just um uh, bought a house um, and a few months after that or the economy crashed right yeah so I'm doing everything possible not to lose our house. Even though I got those pay cuts, I was doing odd jobs. because um, My dad is actually, uh, he owns a, he's self-employed uh, contractor. Okay. So I grew up carpentry, cement work, fencing, plumbing, you name it. You know, I'm kind of jack of all trades in, in that regard. And so I was doing everything I can, you know, making a little extra money on the side, outside of work. It got to the point where I was working um, upwards of 80 hours a week, uh, spread out between like four different jobs that I was doing. Um, So in that time, um, my wife got pregnant with the youngest son. Mm -hmm. Um, She was having trouble working. She was a a teacher at the time. Um, So he was born and she actually was a stay at home mom with my two older kids so it was a completely completely different experience for her having to actually go to work and leaving our youngest son with her mom and and she couldn't take it and we ended up making the decision like you know what just just quit your job just quit your job and and um your heart is home with the baby so that's what's best you know for your mental health and, and for the baby also of course to be close with you yep so her income's gone now we're struggling to pay the bills. Then uh, also in the midst of this, um, I actually had a pretty bad uh, hernia um, that I had gotten at the very beginning of the economic downturn. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have money to get it fixed. Not only did I not have money to get it fixed, but I was the only income. I couldn't be out of work. So I was dealing with that. So we ended up having to move. Um, You know, it was, Frustrating and, and a sad thing to have to do, you know, we've got the house and we think, you know, this is where we're going to be, you know, moving forward. And then so to have all of that fall through, was, it was pretty, pretty low, um, but got back on our feet, ended up, I ended up having surgery getting that, that hernia fixed. Um, another reason it brought me down also is because I've always been a, a runner. Yeah. So in, in, in school, I did cross country, I did track, you know, I run miles every day. It's it's comforting for me. It's relaxing. It's calming for me to just put my headphones in and you know hit the pavement and not worry about anything else. Just, you know, mm-hmm. getting to my destination, and getting back. Yep. Uh, so well, I, I, I couldn't do that. Uh my hernia was that bad that I couldn't do any kind of exercise like that. So I really lost a lot as far as aspects of my life um then i lost my grandma right before my son was born my youngest son Mm -hmm. like three days before and uh it was just a rough time and and uh i'm glad that time is over but if there's anything that i can say is that these times make you stronger yeah um they really get you to appreciate what it is that you do have um you got to find a silver lining and everything and um I think that's, that's the most important part of what people need to understand is everybody goes through times like these, yep. um, but it's how, it's how you react and how you come out of it that matters.
2: Yeah.
0: I, 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 I think that, you know, on top of the stress and stuff like that, um, the, you know, to, to compile that, like with your situation, it's just like, you're working all those hours. You're, you know, you're trying to make sure everything, everything is good on the home front. Everything's good mentally, physically, and you just spread yourself so thin. And like that's like that's where you feel that breaking point. And then if you know, a lot of a lot of people don't have that support structure that you had. Like, you know, you could turn to your dad and say, Hey, I need I need a I need something, I need some help, you know, your yeah. your wife's there to help you. And yeah, I mean, support system and it's it's uh, you know, people bring being spread too thin is I think that's like the biggest taxing thing on people's mental health. Definitely. You know, especially you, men.
1: Yes. Especially men. You know, you're so worried about making sure everybody around you is taken care of. Yep. that You neglect yourself. Yep. You know, it's, it's, I'm very, very lucky to have a wife that's always looking out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's things that I don't do for myself that I should do. And she reminds me like, Hey, don't forget, you know, you need, uh, one of the main things is like eating healthier also you know like she'll check me like hey yeah you're buying too you know you're buying too much mcdonald's you know you're you're eating too much at, at restaurants you know pack lunch here at home take something healthy you know take some vegetables you know boil some chicken Like she she keeps me on my toes and and she keeps me uh in check in that regard and, and i'm very very grateful for her for that
2: yeah
0: i mean and and that's I mean, that's the, that, 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 that support system is, is a one on top of everything else. That's, that's just, that's what we need. So, uh, are are you, are you dedicating this father's day? Like, do you just get a day? Or are you like, man, I'm taking the whole weekend. <laughs> Cause <laughs> man, I, I, told, I told my wife, I'm like, she's like, you get a day. I'm like, no, it's my weekend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's just the type of person I am, you know, is that, like I said, I, uh, I try to look after myself, but, yeah. you know, I don't really want to, if anything, you know, my wife, you can ask her, I always tell her, don't buy me anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't for what, you know, just, I don't need anything. I'm good. I have everything I need. I don't need you to go make an unnecessary expense, yeah. you know, just to, I don't, I don't need extra things to make me happy on Father's Day. I'm, I'm, I'm happy the way things are. You know, I'm, I'm healthy. Uh, we have a roof over our head. We have food on the table. You know Everybody's good I have you I have our kids You know Our our family's doing great You know I I really don't need much Much more than that
0: Yeah Just want to Just want to sit home and chill Yeah yeah, That's what I want this weekend
1: Yeah That's what it is You know Just kind of I don't need anything special Just A little bit of relaxation
0: Yep Absolutely So Food You're a foodie Aren't you?
1: Oh yes Definitely Yeah you're a foodie What's your favorite dish? Ah far as dish man honestly i love the barbecue barbecue yes i love the barbecue and i'm not a fan of uh unless it's a brisket i'm not a fan of smoking okay i i like i like to grill you know i like to and i don't have a i have a real barbecue pit i grill over coals okay I, i don't like cooking any other way i i use mesquite uh mesquite wood or or mesquite charcoal briquette uh, that's the way I like to cook my food. Um, my usual, you know, if I'm going all out for a barbecue, um, I'll make my own jalapeno poppers. Um, you know, I core the jalapeno, still cream cheese in there. Um, but I like to throw the flavored cream cheese in there. I'll take the strawberry cream cheese or okay. the onion and chives. That one's just like really pops the flavor out and I usually glaze them with like a special I think I lost you Mario is that all right sorry I lost. Is that, me, that... is that me or you I think it was me my 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 uh I don't have a, we live outside of the city limits, mm-hmm. so I don't, I can't get like spectrum or anything like that and nothing fiber optic. Yeah. I, got, I have to use one of those, uh, uh, it's not satellite or anything, um, but every once in a while it'll, it'll act up. So I don't know if that was my side or, or your side.
0: Yeah. So you were talking, you're talking about, you use the onions and,
1: you say onions, onions and chives? Yes. I use the onion and chive flavored uh, cream cheese and, and my jalapeno poppers. It really brings the flavor out mm-hmm. um i also once i once they're cooked um most of the time i'll, I'll glaze them like with the uh, special sauce that i make uh, and then i'll throw them back in the pit for a little bit let that caramelize and they're delicious i actually haven't barbecued in a while and I'm, I'm probably doing that this weekend now um, good weekend yeah. to do it <laughs> yes uh, also i gotta have the beef fajitas man uh skirt steak um i gotta have the uh sausage good sausage um also uh beef ribs okay Uh, the way i make them they fall off the bone my wife loves them they're her favorite she gets mad if i don't make those uh not too big on on chicken uh but i make it if if my in-laws want it because my my in-laws they really don't like to eat much red meat so i make chicken leg quarters and and They munch those down. So, um, so for me, like, yeah, a favorite dish is probably something outside like that. Yeah. So
0: what's your, what's your favorite non-typical dish? You're like, this is going to (laughs) bang.
1: I don't know how non-typical this is. Um, are you familiar with carne guisada? Yes. Yes. Right. Beef and gravy, right? Yep. So my dad makes that outside in the kettle. Okay. Um, that stuff is fire man and i've made it before um it's not as good as the way he makes it it's just super soft full of flavor and it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like barbecuing you know but you really don't have to worry about burning the meat right because you just basically like you're making a stew out there yeah so you can sit around it and drink beer and shoot the shit and just wait for it to come out and then uh he he usually likes to uh, have you ever heard of pan de campo? No. Uh, so it roughly translates to English um, means like ranch bread. Right? Okay. Like you you make it um, you make the dough and you make it over a fire like in a like in a Dutch oven. Yep. So um, and he'll glaze that with like some honey butter. So like that mixed together with the and sour, it's oh my god, man, it's just it's it's awesome. Yeah.
0: It actually, sounds really good. So you you guys like you said it's basically like a stew. So you guys throw like vegetables and stuff in there as well.
1: Uh, typically, no. That's actually the carne asada is really like just the meat. Okay. Yeah, it's just like meat and gravy, pretty much. So as far as cooking it, you know, you throw bell pepper, onion, and tomato in there. Yeah. Uh, at the start, but
0: all right. So you throw your your bell peppers in there, your tomatoes. You guys had added like any
1: seasoning or anything like that. Uh, my dad just does garlic powder, onion powder, and yeah. pepper. That's it. And a, li- uh, he, a little bit of salt. He doesn't usually do too much salt, but all of that together just, it just pops, man. Yeah. It comes out super hot out of the kettle, dipping your, your fond de compo in there, soaking mm-hmm. up all that gravy. It's delicious. So do you, do you guys, so do you guys put it on like, like tortillas or anything like that? Yeah, you can. You can make uh, usually whatever's left over, we make breakfast tacos the next morning. Oh, that sounds delicious. Some carne asada <laughs> breakfast tacos.
0: Yeah. You ever, you ever try it? Do you ever try like adding the leftovers to like a breakfast pizza? You ever try no. breakfast pizza?
1: I've honestly, the only breakfast pizza I ever had is a breakfast pizza they would serve at school.
0: Ooh. You got to make your own.
1: I need to do that now.
0: Yeah. So, uh, do you ever have the one with like the gravy as the sauce? No. Oh, so you do like the white gravy, put it as a sauce, and then you get some like you know you do your sausage, cut it up, throw it on there, put your eggs in there too. Man, you can't beat a good breakfast pizza.
1: I got no, I got to do that now, and it'd probably be something fun my kids would want to do along with me. So yeah, that'd be a good activity.
0: Yeah, it's just like uh, it's just like one of those weird food concoctions. I mean, it's not too weird because people do it all the time, but it's like one of those weird food concoctions that like you know. Like when I eat
1: ramen noodles, what's Frank's red hot? That's in butter. (laughs) That's where it's at. Dude. Okay. So I just recently, uh, my sister's been doing this for a long time, but she'll boil the noodles, drain all the water. Yeah. Just throw it in a bowl with the seasoning. Yep. And uh, with with lemon pepper. Right. Yep. Um, She don't like, I mean, not that she doesn't like spicy stuff, but she doesn't go out of her way for it. Right. But uh, my wife really likes spicy stuff. And that kind of grew on me because I didn't really do that before. All my kids eat Tabasco with their food. Okay. Like, Yeah. They're just, uh, she can't get enough spice, right? Yeah. She passed that on to us. So just recently what I've been doing, is I kind of been doing that. I've been making like butter noodles, right? Like you said. Yeah. I boil, boil the noodles, drain the water, and then I throw it back in the pan with some melted butter and then throw some Tabasco in there, mix it all up and eat it just like that. It's, it's delicious. Yeah. Can't not it. Not good.
0: Not good for you, but it's delicious. <laughs> hey man, sometimes like you do like half a packet. You know, throwing some chicken in there too. I know you're you, know, you said you're not a big chicken. Throw some carne asada in there. there oh you man, <laughs> you get get one of those big woks and just do it up, man. You, you can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, um, obviously there's like things that uh need to be purchased at like stores and stuff like that. Um, when it comes to food do you do like are you like a hunter
1: forager your gatherer or are you more of like a grocery store guy so i can be yeah i'm cap. i'm capable of it yeah right? but there's kind of no need for it so <laughs> I, I i i can hunt you know i can grow a garden did that every year with my yeah. parents when i was a kid you know we always had corn squash green beans peas carrots you know the work yeah um so I'm capable of doing it, but it's definitely is a lot easier to just go to the grocery store.
0: <laughs> so I seen on, I seen on Twitter that you you are a gun guy, correct? You are a gun guy.
1: I think I seen yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I dabble a little. I, I have a couple. I don't I don't go crazy or anything like that. But yeah, you know so I you, just I have it for for protection. And yeah. So have, have you have been hunting before?
0: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite thing to hunt? Deer. Deer, whitetail, blacktail, whitetail, whitetail. Where do you where do you do that at? of Texas? Is it is it in uh is it in are they in Alice or you have to go north?
1: Uh, there's some no. So everybody and their mother has somewhere to hunt here. Yeah, right. It's 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 everywhere. Everybody has a ranch. The deer are all over the place. Yeah. Um, could be in your people have personal ranches. Other and then there's ranches where people actually stock them yeah stock them with with exotics you know you can pay somebody to go to that ranch and and hunt yeah um i actually live um i went in walking distance of alice's tiny little airport
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and um a lot of people fly in here you know like celebrities fly in here yeah right down the street because they come down here to go hunting yeah um there's uh so anytime i see like there's like three or four black or white suvs all in successions i know somebody big landed yeah and they're taking them somewhere so have you ever been on like uh like a good hunting trip
0: or have you like like outside of texas or anything like that oh no no i haven't no Mm-mm. you big into fishing
1: um i mean i used to fish when i was a kid but i didn't like it very much but I, I think maybe I just didn't appreciate it because I was a kid. Yeah. I think now, I, I always tell my wife, you know, I think now I'd be cool with fishing because I can actually sit and drink a beer and, you know, just sit there and relax. Before, I just wanted to do sports, you know. Fishing was boring. You just sit there and wait. Yeah. Uh, but now as an adult, my, I think my perspective has changed from that.
0: Yeah. I've always wanted to come down to Texas to do uh, fish for alligator gar. That's, like, on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Like I see that I've seen like I've seen those videos where they pull like 200 pound alligator gar out of the river. I'm like, that's what I want to do.
1: <laughs> see, and the thing is, down here, uh when people catch gar, they kind of get pissed off. <laughs> it's more, it's more like a pest, you know. They're trying to, yeah. They're trying to catch bass and trout, and it's like, oh, this damn gar got on my hook, you know. Yeah. Catch it and throw it back. Uh, I, I have eaten gar once, so you and guys, that's you, a pretty big one.
0: I know Texas has some pretty big bass. Like they have that lunker program now and i've seen like uh i don't know what lake what lake that is but they've caught like multiple 16 pound bass out of that lake
1: and it's that's gnarly
0: yes, I, I think and, that's like
1: central texas too yes and and where i'm at you know i'm just i'm 40 miles away from corpus from the bay mm-hmm. so um actually what's going on right now the uh the corpus christi anglers um every year they have like a they tag a whole bunch of they tag like two hundred fish mm-hmm. and throw them back in. Yeah, and like depending on what color tag you get, like somebody just the other day won a brand new twenty twenty three F two fifty with a trailer and a boat. Wow, because they they caught one of those tag fish.
2: Wow, it's
1: have, have pretty you, big down
0: here. Have you ever done like uh, hog hunting? I know Texas has a lot of hogs, so have you, have you ever done any like hog hunting?
1: Um i've never shot one but i've been and it's actually sort of a kind of a pandemic down here like yeah. they're really they're pests yeah you know and they multiply like crazy mm-hmm. so like i've people down here like you know they'll set a feeder and then yep. they'll like plant like Tannerite traps you know and just yeah. blow the hell out of a bunch of hogs at the same time because yeah. there's just too many of them they come and you know they they ruin stuff and they burrow under your house and you know big big old ruts in in your yard and so I uh, I want to say something got passed that it's like no longer illegal to just like shoot them on site like anywhere anywhere you are because the population is just too big. Yeah,
0: they they've actually come in, it's crazy as it is. They like they've came up into southern Ohio and they're considered an invasive species. So like if you see if you see one, you can just kill it uh yeah (laughs) same way same it's the same way with coyotes here like they're so bad yeah coyotes are terrible here uh so they're they're considered invasive species so you know when you when you see them like like i always i always tell people because i bow hunt for deer in the fall Mm -hmm. and every every hunt can turn into a coyote hunt i don't care (laughs) like i don't care if (laughs) i have to if i because i i i strictly bow hunt for deer um so like I've had a I've had a few run past me at like 15 yards. but I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna waste one on you, but yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah coyote coyotes are a big thing here. Um, so and like I said, along with uh, along with feral, feral hogs down south. So like you guys have a, any coyote problems?
1: Actually, no. With coyotes, not really. It's hmm. it's it's more the hogs. Um, that's all. Surprised when you said that. You know, coyotes are kind of invasive for you guys up there. It's it's not really like that down here. They kind of. They keep to themselves. They don't really come around in domestic areas at all.
0: Yeah. So, like, I, I've I've seen those videos uh, to go back to like the hogs. I've seen the videos of like people hunting hogs out of like helicopters. Mm-hmm. You know, those are those are some. Would you do that if someone asked you to do it? Oh, definitely. Like get up, like get up. <laughs> so you're not you're not like afraid of heights or anything like that. You'd get up in a chopper, and fly around, and start shooting hogs out of the air. As long as I'm strapped in and I know I can't fall out, I'm, I'm good. Hey. <laughs> There you go. So moving on, um, I tweeted out a couple weeks ago. I stopped, like I was asking people if they've ever dealt with like ghosts or anything like that. And you're like, yeah, man, Well, we're going to talk about it. I was like, yeah, we're going to oh, talk yeah. about this. <laughs> so paranormal stuff, um, the things that go bump in the night. Tell us one of your stories.
1: I have so many, man. It was hard to just choose one. Yeah. Um, I'll go with you're in a paranormal soul. I know you've heard of the hat man, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right? Mm -hmm. So, and you know, that's kind of a, not very many people see him and you only see him once in your life. Well, I saw him when I was a kid in my house and I didn't even know it until I was an adult. You know, I guess it wasn't a a thing yet, you know, it wasn't widely, uh, widely spread. Mm -hmm. So I must've been maybe seven years old, seven or eight. And my brother and I, we had our bunk beds that lined up with the door that went down a long hallway. And I slept on top bunk he slept on the bottom. And I just woke up in the middle of the night and sat up. And there was a figure walking down my hallway. And there's a door in that hallway and the moonlight was coming through. That was the only light. And But I saw plain as day, this thing, it reminded me of Dick Tracy. Mm -hmm. right he had a hat he had like the trench coat you know but from the neck up to the hat was just black you know where his hands should have been was just black from Mm -hmm. the end of the trench coat down on the floor was just black and he was moving i wouldn't call it walking because it looked like more like gliding yeah he was coming towards our room and he like glided into the restroom which was right before the door to my bedroom and that door was notorious it always squeaked no noise light didn't turn on nothing and i'm just you know an eight-year-old kid freaking the fuck out and i threw the covers over my head laid back down and i ended up just going to sleep like that and i woke up in the morning and i told my dad at breakfast you know like dad i saw this or whatever I guess he didn't want me to be scared. He tried to play it off. He's like, "Oh, your grandpa came to visit last night," or whatever. Yeah, you know. And I didn't think much of it after that. But then when I started seeing stuff about the Hat Man as an adult, I'm like, "Holy shit, I've seen it." Yeah. And um, so I'm I'm pretty sensitive to the paranormal. I always have been, you know, my whole life. And there was something in that house where I grew up because it wasn't just me. Stuff happened to my sister um posters flying off the wall and getting torn in half um radio changing stations on its own which that actually happened to me once as well The it was an old dial radio you know i had it on hot z 95 you know that was the hip station back then you know Mm -hmm. when i was a teenager and it just started moving all on its own and it ended up on this station like a preaching station you know, and, and the preacher was like, hellfire and brimstone, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. So I just like turned it off, you know, and my sister ended up telling me that the same thing happened to her because when I moved out, she moved into that room and the radio dial changed all on its own and she said but for her, it was like the voice was like super distorted and like just demonic I guess, mm-hmm. and she got up and she unplugged the radio and it didn't stop yeah, so freaked out went and called my dad and he's like throw that fucking radio away
0: (laughs) (laughs) so do you you think it was
1: more the house or you think it was that room um probably just that room because um whenever my parents got that house i was four years old Mm -hmm. and my brother was a baby so that was their room first and my dad said that he had an experience in there um he said they had just moved in they didn't have a bed yet they were sleeping on the floor and um He woke up because he felt this pressure in his chest and he couldn't move, couldn't breathe. And the more pressure he felt on his chest, the higher the blanket was going, Mm -hmm. like above him. And he was finally able to like get my mom's attention. Like, I guess he was able to move his hand enough, like to, you know, poke her back or something. And as soon as she like woke up and turned around, it just went away. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, uh, and we think it's, we think it's a male spirit, because that poster ripping off the wall, that actually happened to my sister. Um, And it was a poster, it was like a collage that she made of her and her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And that, um, that poster just ripped off the wall and tore in half. Also in that room, uh, how I said I ran cross country, I had um, at a cross country meet the next day, and I remember I was purposely gonna make myself go to sleep early. So I lay down about, it was close to 8.30. And that room, um, for some reason, the window was boarded up. I don't know if it was hurricane season or what was going on. Uh, so it was pitch black in there. I didn't have nightlight, I didn't have anything. And so I turn off my light, I lay down, and I just lay down. I'm laying there on my back thinking, and then I feel the bed Go down next to my leg, and I'm like, What is that? And it's pitch black in there, and then all of a sudden, I feel that feeling like when somebody's like puts their face right in your face, yeah. And at this point, I was terrified, man. I didn't dare open my eyes, even though it's pitch black in there, I didn't want to see what was right in front of me. And I'm just like, Please go away, please go away, please go away. It felt like an eternity, yeah, and then finally. I didn't feel that anymore. And the, the mattress went up again, back to normal next to my leg. And I jumped up and turned the light on and I had been laying down for like three minutes. So I, I was not asleep. I needless yeah. to say I slept with the lights on that night. <laughs> yeah. that That's,
0: you know, that's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's like, so like, like ghosts are so like wishy-washy on people or whatnot. But like, like once you, or if you experience something like that, you're like, yeah, that's, you know that's I definitely. You can definitely feel like when something is in a room with you, like yes. you know, you know how they how they say like your ears are ringing when someone's talking about you. But like if you feel like another presence in the room, you can feel it. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. No matter and you what. can always tell if it's good or bad. Also, you yeah. yeah. a good
0: feeling or a bad feeling. So do you have a, do you have another story that's like outside of that room?
1: Um. Yes. So. And this is another one of those things where at the time that it happened to me, I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I freaked the hell out after that. Um, so for some reason this day, I was home by myself. Uh, I don't know where anybody was. It was the weekend, probably to town maybe, or I don't know what. Um, but I was trying to take a nap and I lay down on the couch in the living room. And I was really having trouble falling asleep. So I said, well, let me try to count backwards from 100. So I start counting down, start feeling a little weird Um, physically. Like I started to feel kind of like weightless almost. Mm -hmm. And I got down to about 40 and I started hearing footsteps like running right? And I still didn't open my eyes because the feeling that I had actually, like, it felt awesome. I can't really explain it. I mean, the only way I've explained it to others is like, it was almost like, like an orgasmic feeling that I was feeling. And Uh I was like, well, this man, this feels great, right? This feels awesome. Or when I opened my eyes, I was actually on the ceiling looking down at myself. And that those footsteps that I heard, there was a little boy running back and forth from the kitchen through the living room, down the hallway, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he was wearing like, like old timey clothes, right? Like it didn't look like anything like a, a boy in, in that, you know, the early 2000s would wear. Yeah. And I, and the whole time I'm just thinking, man, this is awesome. Like am, I'm out of my body. Like what, what is this, you know? And, I started, I guess, to lose focus, and I started coming back down towards my body, and as hard as I fought it, I I couldn't stop myself, and as soon as I touched my body, I, like, sat up, and the little boy was gone, you know, I was, like, normal, just laying there, and I was able to do it one more time, and it was, like, exactly the same, Um, oh, also, like, nothing had color, like, everything was, like, gray, or, like, black and white, Mm -hmm um so i was never able to do it after those couple times that day um as hard as i tried well i ended up figuring out after insidious came out that i had actually like astral projected Yep, that's what i say yep
0: astral projection
1: and it scared the shit out of me yeah i saw that movie i'm like what could have happened you know i could have been stuck in this other realm and something yeah. else, and having my body, you know, like that was really stupid of me to do. But I mean, I didn't know at the time. But it was uh, that that I, that was an experience.
0: Yeah, I didn't I didn't know much about astral projection. Uh, like I don't I don't think I've ever seen Insidious, but like I know that like Doctor Strange does it, you know, uh, in yeah. in his first movie, like he does that when he wants to become, you know, the oh, I can't think of what that's called. But then you know, Wanda Vision, uh, Wanda does it at the end of Wanda Mm-hmm. she be when she's like officially the scarlet witch so it's like people and, and you know there's people that like can, can actually do that and you like see you see like the
1: other realm within this world which yeah, is man. absolutely nuts like <laughs> and and even before then i remember as a kid having um i wouldn't call them nightmares but i would just have like weird dreams and i didn't realize it you know until then that i think i was doing that even as a little kid Mm-hmm. Because I specifically remember this one dream where I'm walking through my house and everything's real dark, you know, you can't see past a few feet until you get there. And so we lived uh, in the trailer house, so it was up on piers, higher than the ground. And I'm standing in the hallway, and some people start walking across, right? But like through the walls, through the floor. Um, if I were standing outside on the ground, you know, now as a man, you know, the floor would be like chest high. Mm -hmm. That's where it was for those people, too. And they were like soldiers. Wow, They looked like, so I think I think maybe I was seeing like Mexican army marching through there from a a time way before. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize that until after I figured out what astral projection was and all that stuff. And that memory came to me. So I, I think I had been doing that unknowingly for, for many years.
0: Yeah. It's also like one of those things that like, cause deja vu is like a weird thing too, to me, you know? And it's like, yep. like when you, and, and I kind of thought, thought that's when I seen the new Dr. Strange movie. Like, it's like when you go to sleep, like, are you, is your, is your soul in like a different reality, you know? Cause then like, yeah. you're like mm-hmm. and then like a year later, you're like, damn, this shit happened to me somewhere like it happened before and i remember this and that's that's your deja vu so
1: that's like yeah, yeah like you know us we're awake right now but maybe our other selves are dreaming yep exactly mm-hmm. yeah that's
0: like one of those pandora the schrodinger's cats that is the schrodinger cat thing that's kind of like what it is so to to move on from this paranormal thing podcasting you do podcasting talking boys with the boys uh what is what's your background in journal, journalism and podcasting like did you do any before you met those guys?
1: I really don't have one, man. To be honest with you, um, this kind of came on, you know, because of the pandemic and you know quarantining and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I first jumped on Twitter, um, I actually signed up for Twitter in like 2014. Yeah. And I hated it. Yep, me too. But I, <laughs> I hated it because I but I think I just didn't understand how to use it, you know. Yeah. So I stuck with Facebook all that time. And then I started noticing that, you know, you see, you know, ESPN and NFL network and all that stuff and everything is Twitter. Yep. Right. Like all these players are on Twitter and, you know, all the juicy stuff comes out on Twitter. So I'm like, let me open my Twitter account and just get back on there and try to grow it. You know? So I had like, I don't know, 30 followers for like my first few months. Yeah. Um, for people who aren't on twitter it's it's pretty difficult to grow your follower count
2: yeah unless you're like begging for it yeah
1: yes like it's not like it's not like facebook where it's like you request to be somebody's friend and they accept it then well that's a that's another friend on your list too like Mm -hmm. no like you can follow people and they don't have to follow you back so um but eventually um i got I found Cowboys Twitter, and from there it started growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm about seven shy of 3,500 right now. Um, almost there to to that milestone. Been trying to hit it since like before the Super Bowl. I just like hit a wall. Yeah. Um, so I I got on Twitter and and uh, I guess I wanted to. I decided I was going to try my hand at you know content creation. Yeah. Um, and it started with, with just stats, you know, posting stats and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I found a little Cowboys Twitter group and uh, it was actually uh, Adam Y from talking boys with the boys. He's actually the one that recommended me for Starboys network mm-hmm. as a writer. So um, Zach reached out to me and I started writing for Starboys network and um, that team, I guess kind of, we haven't done much since, since the season ended. Yeah. Uh, But a a lot of people on that team have actually moved on to different things. So I haven't, I'm officially still a part of Star Wars network, even though uh, I haven't been doing any writing and there hasn't been much, much movement for them. Um, But I guess because we were in this little lull, um, Adam and Mark reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to guest on the podcast. I guess with them a couple times um, and then I just became part of the group. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I've been. I've been with them guys for a couple months now. Um, it's going great. It's fun. You know, like we explained earlier, it's, it's a different type of podcast. It's not something that you're going to, you know, it's not just regurgitated stuff, you know, it's, we're real and we're out there and, uh, especially now that Adam added that other segment that we do, the Get You Cultured segment, because yeah, it just so it just so happens that all four of us are Hispanic. Yeah. So we uh different topic, you know, every podcast that we do and go back and forth on what food is good and what's not, and we're split on the menudo, right? We, two of the guys think it's disgusting, the other two of us we love it. You know, I yeah. eat it pretty much every Sunday, so. That's where I'm at right now with that. You know, just waiting on season two for the podcast to come out.
0: Yeah. So uh, when I first started following you, I think is right when you started writing for Starboard Star, Bo- Star Boys Network. Uh, since they're like on their their breaker, uh, whatnot. Have you thought about like, trying
1: to pick up to write anywhere else or anything like that? I I actually did. I was kind of um, actually applied for a couple paid writing jobs. Um, I didn't get a call back from anybody. I mean, probably because but my resume is not too, too big right now, since I just started, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I was looking, looking towards that, but, um, I'm, I'm so busy with work and, you know, with my family and, and I was actually, uh, look at me, man, I'm already leaving, leaving people out. I actually, I actually first started writing for, uh, Yards per Fantasy, Okay. Uh because I want I wanted to do fantasy content. So I would do like weekly breakdown, fantasy breakdowns, and that kind of stuff. Uh that's actually how I got myself out there first before I jumped to to uh, Star Wars Network. And I, I was juggling both and it got a little trying and I wasn't satisfied with the work that I was putting out because I felt like I didn't have enough time to put out the quality that I know that I can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um I ended up uh just recently, I, I told the, the guys of the Yard for Fantasy that I was going to be back with them, but I thanked them, you know, for the opportunity. And I'm forever grateful because they're they're because of them is the first time that I ever saw my name, you know, on a website with an article published. Yeah. Um, so they got me my start. And um, so it's life is hard, especially with three kids. And uh, my two older kids actually don't go to school here in town. Uh, they go to school uh, one town over okay and my son plays football and does band my daughter does band and she's very involved with the church it's hard to find the time to sit down and relax a little bit much less find the time to sit down and write yeah you know, and then especially with the you know talking boys with the boys you know we do I gotta set aside a couple of hours every week for that and that's yeah kind of like my time allowance right like away away <laughs> from the family yeah So do you like to use content creation as like an escape? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I liken it like, like to running. It's something that you enjoy doing. It's something that gets your mind off of whatever stresses you have Mm -hmm. in in your life. You know, I, I, I jump on the pod with, with uh, Mark and Adam and and Dreezy you know um and for those you know for that hour hour and a half you know i forget about the other stuff and i just enjoy myself talking about what i'm passionate about which is the dallas cowboys
0: yeah yeah that's that's what i like to do i do this for fun obviously i would i would never like yeah i'm trying to get you know i'm trying to get my own like network or (laughs) anything i just like talking to people you know and this is this is this is what's fun for me so when it comes to the podcast Uh, You know, you said you, you guessed with them a couple of times. So how did they, how did you end up like getting the full-time gig
1: on Talking Boys with the Boys? Honestly, I think just from what they explained to me is they just like what I brought to the team and they like how I mesh with them. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a, you know, we have a group text and we're always going back and forth on there and all the four of us, we have the same sense of humor, man, you know, all of us are into, in the movies. Um, you know, all of us are obviously into Cowboys football and uh, we just like a lot of the same things and, and we really get along and it's mainly just a, a chemistry thing. So I guess I had a couple of trials with them and and they liked it and they brought me on full time.
2: Yeah.
0: So like Adam is super charismatic. He's been on, on here with me. That was a fun episode to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I got, um, i going to talk to Mark to get, get him on here pretty soon. Uh, And he's like, he's one of those guys who like, tell you, tell how it is. You can tell, you can tell like that on the podcast. Uh, So like, did you guys like, do you guys instantly click or did it take, you know, take a couple episodes or, or whatnot to mesh? Like, how did that make you feel like the first, like, Hey, you're full time here now. Like you have to, you know, like you have to like, um, how do I say this? You have to, um, you know, support your part of the show.
1: Um, Honestly, do feel like it was. I think it was instant, yeah. Because um, I mean, we, we sort of interacted with each other before. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all, all three of those guys, at one point lived in Kingsville, Texas, which is about thirty minutes from here, from where I live. Okay. And I actually, I hadn't met them in person up until a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always interacted on Facebook cause there's, there's a group on Facebook called IMESPN. am ESPN. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's where we were before we were on Twitter. Okay. So, so I knew the guys from before, you know, and, um, uh, just had never met them in person. So it was, it, it, it seemed like an easy transition. Um, even the first time that I spoke to them, you know, it wasn't awkward in any way or, you know, it was just kind of like. Like we talk to each other every day, just pick up the phone and, hey, what's up, man? And, you know, we, we all have our, our little uh, social media personalities, right? And so we kind of knew each other in that regard already. So when we got together, we, we know what each one of us brings to the table. And it just meshes really well with, with the four of us.
0: Yeah. So when, when season two uh, gets around for you guys, um, which is soon, because I seen Mark drop the trailer the other day uh what are you most excited about like us uh, you're trying to get like do you want to get like a certain guest on uh but like like what are you most excited about for season two
1: So the guys um before I got on with them um they've had some big guests on there you know had how Yalman's on there yeah. um they had Dean Blandino on there yeah, and they actually crazy. got him to admit that Des caught it right he, yeah. wouldn't, he would he wouldn't come right out and say it but uh, he was just glad he said it, he was glad it wasn't him having to make that decision and have everybody hate him. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so yeah, definitely I'm excited to see, uh, Adam really is the one who, who reaches out and, and yeah. tries to get guys on the show. Uh, so I'm excited to see who, who he's going to be able to get on with us this, this upcoming season, even if it is a repeat, you know, Dean, Dean Blandino said, you know, he'd make himself available to come back and, and chat with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it'd be pretty cool to see what, uh, what other, uh, larger Cowboys Twitter personality we can get on the show with us.
2: Yeah.
0: So if you, if you, if Adam is like, Hey, Mario, you choose the guest, I'm going to get him. Who would you want that guest to be?
1: Honestly, man, I really like, um, what Jesse Holly brings. Okay. Cowboys Twitter. Yep. Uh, Mr. Fourth and Long. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I really like what he brings to Twitter. He's got, he's kind of like us in a way, you know, yeah. he doesn't really, he doesn't really filter what he tweets. Right. He yeah. says what he feels. He's not afraid to have the unpopular opinion. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's most of us. And uh, honestly, I would really like to see him and Mark go at it, man. Because <laughs> Mark doesn't back down either. You know, that'd be a great conversation yeah. uh, to have, you know, whatever topic it is that we bring up and they don't agree on.
0: Yeah, that's that's that. I mean, getting getting like former players and like those big time. That's I mean, that's awesome for Adam to be able to do that. So I mean, I I, I get excited for you guys to see what what guests you have on. Um. So like, so did you ever do any episodes with Dylan too? Because I mean, Dylan's a madman when it comes to. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the first time that I that I guessed it. Well, actually, both times uh, D- Dylan was on there. Nice. Yeah. Dylan, too, you know, he's got his stats that he throws out and, and, uh, he's got his, his, he's got unpopular opinions sometimes. And, you know, but like I said earlier, you know, that's what creates the controversy. That's what creates the conversation. So,
0: you
2: know, if
1: everybody agreed on everything, it'd be a pretty boring podcast. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right. Everyone, we're going to take our second break and we'll be right back. All right. Dallas Cowboys.
1: How do you become a fan of Dallas Cowboys? It's, it wasn't really one singular moment um, when I started getting interested in football, when I was mm-hmm. old enough, I mean, I was born 86. So, yep. you know, I'm just a kid wanting to play outside on the ranch pretty much all the time. I'm not really paying attention, you know, what football teams are playing on the TV. Um, but so when I really started getting interested, well, that was, that was in the middle of the, of the dynasty. Yeah. Right. So it was, it was cool to be a Cowboys fan. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh even in recent years when it isn't that cool to be a Cowboys fan, I still am. I remain. I'm yeah. loyal. Cowboys are my team. That's never gonna change as much as they break my heart sometimes. It's I'm a fan. You know, I'm not I don't I don't really like people that you always they go yeah, they go through a few bad years and I got I know some guys from here that were diehard Cowboys fans, just like me, you know, we couldn't wait to talk about the Cowboys and then Went a few months without seeing them, and the next time that I saw them, all of a sudden they're a diehard Houston Texans fans, and like just straight up talking shit about the Cowboys, like not just like oh you know I'm not a Cowboys fan anymore, like nah like fuck the Cowboys, like like bro what happened to you like what what are you talking about you
0: know? Is that like oh. a is that like a recent thing or was that like when when they were the expansion team?
1: Uh no I want to say it was like twenty. 10 maybe okay 2010 2011 yeah wow just yeah yeah i'm surprised the hell out of me like yeah. man you guys are fake as fuck yeah
0: <laughs> they ain't you so like how did you You know you said you were a fan of the your, your raiders are your second team because that was your you know the, your name your 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 uh, football team so like did did you were you like ever tempted to be like i'm just gonna be a raiders
1: fan because that's
0: who i was when i was little
1: no the first i mean the first uh real I never wavered ever yeah right um really the only thing I've ever done with the Raiders besides kind of silently support them is uh I bought a badass Khalil Mack jersey um it was like uh like a different line it wasn't an official
2: mm-hmm.
1: that that thing was silver. it was silver with like there weren't even black letters or letters and numbers it was like black outlines yeah. and like silver like the numbers were silver too uh, that that thing was beast man and then they traded them so i got rid of it but uh and i don't for some reason i just like e- even here recently like i wouldn't say the raiders are my second team like i don't know i just kind of don't like them anymore Yeah. but but uh so now i kind i guess i kind of get the I understand why a lot of people it's not that they hate the cowboys it's that they hate cowboys fans yeah right so well, that's what Stephen a says <laughs> yes <laughs> so we got in in that facebook group uh that we're in the IMESPN. um there's a couple i want to say there's like four or five raiders fans in there and i just really dislike the raiders now because they can be so obnoxious man <laughs> yeah especially like after that thanksgiving game last yep. year like it was like they're silent all year because the Raiders are, you know, they've been kind of trash. and then over they beat us and they just come out like roaches, you know, talking shit about Dallas. And so like now I'm like, Oh no, I don't like their car. You know, their car's trash. Yeah. You know, Get Devonte Adams. That's fine. Y'all still ain't going to do shit. Like, you know, <laughs> kinda, they, they turn me against, against the Raiders, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like how fan bases do that, you know? Cause like uh, I'm from Northern Ohio. So like, this rise in Cleveland has been this way. It was really bad when, like, Baker Mayfield was at, like, peak Baker Mayfield. And now, like, Deshaun Watson can do no wrong. (laughs) So, like, that's (laughs) annoying. But then Bill's fans are annoying as hell, too, because, like, if you say one bad thing about Josh Allen, it's like the the fucking world is falling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and it's like those teams that were in purgatory, too, and they're just like, dude, you you just need to (laughs) – Good, good. You're having a few good years, but you just, you need to you need to relax a little bit,
1: you know. <laughs> and that, and that's the thing about Cowboys fans is, you know, fans of other teams can never tell us like, oh, now you're talking because we're always talking, man. <laughs> we yeah.
2: never
1: we, we never get quiet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is a matter of our teams eight and eight or two and fourteen. Like we're still rooting hard for them every week, and if one of those two wins is against you, well, you're gonna hear it.
0: Yeah. This this better beat Philly, and you better beat Washington. That's all I care about. So, yeah, <laughs> but like the, the thing is like you know you said uh you understand why people hate cowboys fans and i think the big thing is like our fan base is too big it is like way too big like you saw those guys are hanging around from like you know they're like oh i've been watching from the 70s you know like yeah man football's yeah. evolved and everything you say
1: is wrong now <laughs> <laughs> exactly we needed you know they still want like three yards in a cloud of dust you know
0: yeah you need to run to set up the pass. You're like, God, it's like no,
1: no, it changed. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's. I mean, and that's and that's the thing because like that's why I came up with like the Hunger Game districts for the Cowboys fans. Like so, like if you if you're like scrolling through timeline, and you just see me like repost someone I'll see like District Four. That's I what it's enjoy referring to.
1: <laughs> I enjoy those.
0: So and I, and I would just pick up one and like I get people say like, "What are you talking about?" I don't get what you're talking about. I'm like good. <laughs> Because uh, you fall into a certain
1: category. The uh, Redskins for District 13 because they're just not there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: So have you been to any other stadiums um, besides like AT&T or, uh, you know, Cowboy Stadium? So I have never been to a Cowboys game. Me either. Believe it or not, I've I've never. never been. Nice. So obviously that's probably on your bucket list to go. Definitely. I um I've been to two Saints games. Two Saints games. So yeah, I have been, yeah. Yeah. So that was in the in the Superdome then?
1: Uh one in the Superdome and one actually in the Alamo Dome. Okay. After Hurricane Rita and Katrina, where they had to play in the Alamo Dome for that yep. season. Mm-hmm. Um so I used to work for are you familiar with uh H E B grocery? No. It's like really big, like San Antonio and South. Okay. Right. It's like the main grocery store, you know, it would be like Kroger for other people. Yep. You know, and, yep, absolutely. Uh, so I used to work for them and they sent out like relief teams uh, to Houston. Okay. Be- because, uh, well, I, you know, obviously people have lost their homes and stuff and needed to recover themselves. So they got groups of us from down here to travel up there for a couple weeks. Uh, so I worked in a Houston store um, for two weeks and it just so happens that they put us in the store with the highest crime rate in Houston. So there's like police posted up outside all the time. Yeah. And I mean, it was a fun experience, but it was, it was also weird because for some reason their, their check stands were backwards. Like you had as a cashier, you had to scan from left to right instead of right to left. Mm-hmm. And it was just all weird. But um, anyway, so being over there for those two weeks, um, the owner of the company rewarded everybody that went with Six Flags tickets and tickets to see the Saints versus the Falcons in Alamo Dome. Oh, nice. So I got to see Michael Vick play. Dude was fast, man. Let me tell you, like yeah. TV does not do him justice. Like, yeah. And the seats that we got, they were actually behind the goalposts, So we had full, long view of the field. mm mm-hmm so being able to watch him play and from that perspective you know like from behind the offense there were so many times where it looked like he was going to get sacked and i'm like oh they got him and he like gets 10 yards i'm like how in the world did he do that he's so fast man so i got to see him play and i want to say this this i believe the Saints quarterback at the time was Aaron Brooks yep so it was actually a really good game and Everybody at the time wanted the Saints to move to San Antonio, right? But I was a Michael Vick fan. So out of our big group of like 20, 25 people, I was the only one going for the Falcons. Yeah. And the uh, the Falcons kicked the game-winning field goal on the goalpost that we were at. So I'm the only one standing up like, yeah, and everybody else is pissed off in the Saints so that So was, that was a pretty awesome experience. And then uh, I actually got to go to a Saints game. I went to New Orleans for work and the a vendor over there said you know what don't leave back on sunday taking you guys to the same game." so i got to see them play the bears
2: mm-hmm. um
1: so i got to see drew Brees, marcus colston um i got to see alvin kamara scored a touchdown that game um that was the game that i can't remember his name the tight end for the bears where he like broke his leg like ugly like they almost had to amputate it Mm -hmm. that was that game okay Uh, that i was i was at that one so that was a fun time too so i've been to two saints games and i've never been to a cowboys game and with the way jerry jones is jacking up the prices i don't think i'm gonna get there anytime soon yeah
0: so if you had a choice to go to any stadium in the country but let's say besides at&t and the superdome which 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 one would it be besides at&t um, let me see.
1: Current
3: stadiums.
1: It's hard to choose one. I will say, like back in the day, I think it would have been awesome to go see the Cowboys play in Veteran Stadium in Philly. Yeah. Iconic stadium. See them go in there and kick the shit out of the out of the Eagles, you yeah. know, and, and and their house. That would have been pretty cool.
0: You're the first person that said. You know, one of the one of because I actually had to like ask someone like, "Would you go to a rival stadium?" And I had like uh-huh. gave gave them the choice because otherwise they're just like, "Oh, it's Green Bay," uh, "Oh, it's SoFi," uh, but mm-hmm. you know, because Green Bay is so historic. But to to give a Philly feel because like that's such a hostile environment.
1: <laughs> I think it'd be fun, man. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Um, I went. Uh, I helped my best friend move from Texas to uh dc okay a few years back and uh so he had some stuff to take care of he, he's a marine so he had to like check in and everything and yep. you know, with the senior officers and all that stuff so i had a few hours just to spend on my own and uh i'm walking around dc you know i go see the washington monument and i'm see the white house from afar and i was in my cowboy's gear and i did that on purpose yeah. So, you'd be surprised how many Cowboys fans there are there, man. Like, I was yeah. tripping out. Like, so many people were like, yeah, Cowboys, right? But then I had this one group of guys pass by me, and they were wearing redskins here. And I actually I actually felt a little intimidated because they were, like, pissed, you know? Like, I walked by, I'm on the sidewalk, and I'm by myself, and it's a group of, like, five guys, and they, like, all stopped and turned around and, like, wanted to follow me. And I'm like... <laughs> So I'm like, well, do something in public. Everybody's watching.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's
0: crazy. Like if you look at like where those cities are located, like I think Philly is like an hour and a half South of New York city, just because of traffic. And then I think, I think Washington DC is like another two hours South of that. And then we're like all the way in the middle, you know, I know so, man, like all those guys sense. are so concentrated. um And then we're
1: just like way out,
0: way out there. So.
1: That doesn't make sense. And. You know, I'm a fan. I'm sure you've seen people post, like, like remaking the divisions, right? Like, yeah. they put the map of the United States, and they circle, like, these should play together and these should play together. Like, yeah, I'd be a fan of that because it really doesn't make any sense to be in the NFC East when we live in the Central. Yeah. I actually I actually think if they add four
0: more teams, um, I, I don't think they'll just add one. I think it's going to be four. It's either going to be two or four. They have to. Yeah. I, I think they'll realign the divisions again when, when that time comes, That's, but that's my opinion.
1: I hope so. I mean, I, I remember when Arizona was in our division and yeah, we beat them, what, 17 times in a row or something like that?
0: Yeah, something crazy like that. Uh, so, what's your favorite memory you have um, of the Cowboys, excluding the three Super Bowls in the 90s?
1: So, there definitely has been a lot of heartbreaking ones, right? Yeah. You got the Romo fumbled snap, you got that's caught it you got the Aaron Rodgers third and 20 like and it feels like those are the ones that stick with you the most so I really had to think about this one for a little bit but this one memory came to me and it wasn't even necessarily when Cowboys are very good yeah Uh, it was it was the early 2000s I want to say it was like Parcell's first year as coach I think we went six and ten that year Quincy Carter was a quarterback yeah um our receiver, we had just traded for Joey Galloway, Like, right? So there's this one game that I remember we were playing the Panthers. And the reason I remember it is because uh, my uncle was managing a, a ranch in Utopia, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably about six hours from where I live right now, six hours north. And uh, so we spent a week there and it was like a, like a million acre ranch, just like mountains and stuff. And there's just exotic animals running all over the place. And, you know, Four wheelers for everybody to use, and we stayed out in like the cabins. They were amazing, you know, immaculate place to be. Uh, clear, clear river to go swim in. It was, it was awesome. Well, the Cowboys were playing that Sunday. They're playing the Panthers, and I remember it was the fourth quarter. We we're losing 13 to nothing, right? Yeah. And my my uncle, uh, rest in peace. He passed away a few months ago from COVID. Um, He's a Steelers fan. And he loved making my life miserable.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So he's clowning on me, man, the whole time, and Cowboys ain't worth the shit. And you know, uh, I don't know why you go for that team and come the real teams in Pittsburgh and come over yeah. here. Well, maybe I don't know the exact details. I want to say maybe six, seven minutes left in the game, and I mean. Kind of desperation. Offense hasn't been moving the ball at all. Uh, Quincy Carter rolls out of the pocket and just chunks it downfield and hits a Panthers defender right in the hands. Looks like a pick. it bounces past his hands. Joey Galloway's standing right there and runs like 80 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. So it's 13-7. There's life. Defense gets a stop, um, which I think a lot of people don't remember that is Back then – when Parcells, even before Parcells got there, defense was really good. Like 2001 and the Dave Campo era we're like number one in the league. Um, so anyways, defense gets a stop and then driving down the field, offense is moving the ball. It's getting exciting. We're only down six and it's like almost last play of the game. I want to say it's like fourth down and Carter throws a post to Antonio Bryant in the back of the end zone, like right under the goalpost and he like, juggles it and still catches it and that was the game-winning touchdown and that was it was such an exciting game you know the team wasn't even that good but that memory just stuck out to me and also being able to tell my uncle like ah what happened (laughs) you came back
0: sitting there sitting there making fun of you and then it's like one of those it's like one of those things where like when you feel like you you speak too soon on a game and then it turns (laughs) and that's like that's like the worst feeling in the world so like Like, during games, I won't say anything. I'm like, I do not want to put any bad juju into existence right now. Like, that's just just the way I am. So, the NFL, uh, it's looking to expand, and I kind of touched on it earlier. Whether they bring in two or four teams. So, let's say four. What four cities are they putting new teams in?
1: So, definitely we want another team here in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, San Antonio is probably the – prime spot um what if what if two of those new teams are both in Texas you know the mayor of Dallas said you know our city can support another team I don't know that Jerry Jones will ever let that happen no absolutely not Cowboys got to have all the attention right yeah but what if you know that would be cool to have like a city split in half between you know Dallas Cowboys and the Arlington Archers or whatever the hell you know, you want to call what they would be. Yeah. So that would be cool to see. Um, I'm also thinking there could probably be another team in Miami. Um, or in Florida, you know, you got Miami, you got Jacksonville. Um, big city life there, you know, players like playing there. South yeah. Beach, right? So it'd be cool to see another team in Miami, and then you have that dead zone where there's like nobody right like yeah um so i was just trying to think okay well which which cities have teams like in other sports you know and like maybe utah could support an nfl team um because they really only have the jazz for nba yep that's correct Um, i don't know if i I don't think they have an NHL team anywhere around there do they right i don't think so so I think, the NFL, you know, an NFL team would probably do pretty good up there. Yeah. I, th- I think those fans are split probably between, I'd say,
0: the Seahawks and the Broncos. Maybe yeah. the Chiefs in there, too. But, like, I think you could put – you could probably put a team in, like, Billings, Montana. <laughs> as, yeah. weird as, as weird as it is to say, like, you could slap a team there, and you got, like, four or five states that would probably gravitate towards that that yep. are in pretty close proximity. Uh, so, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I struggle to think of, like – and like new york having another team because and, and that's the thing i don't get about like toronto like people want a team in toronto when buffalo is literally right across the river so yeah it's right there yeah i, I don't i don't understand that but i know san antonio is one but i just i just don't think that they could ever go like have an international team because it, it's just you'd ha- you'd actually have to put all four teams probably international at that point like you'd have to have like everyone
1: being your, all four of those teams being Europe. And it, it would be an insane amount of travel, you know, for, yeah, for not only for them, you know, for their eight or nine road games that, you know, that, well, actually for them, it'd probably be four because they'd have or five because they'd have their three in, within their division. Yeah. But, you know, they'd have to come overseas five times a year. Yeah. Not counting, not counting playoffs, you know, if they make it. um, And then, well, the teams from here, anybody that's going and visiting over there, you know, I think it'd be it'd be kind of tough uh, to do that, but they're definitely they're like some big super fans in the UK, man. Yeah, you know they really enjoy the games that are that are out there at Wembley Field, so they definitely got the support for it. But I just I, I don't think it'll happen.
0: Yeah, I think I think everything has to stay within probably continental North America. If they if they're gonna go international, like you could you could throw a team probably in Mexico City. I don't I don't know. But I, yeah, Mexico City would probably be a good one. Maybe not, not Vancouver because that's too close to Seattle. But, like, I mean, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Like, so, like, Buildings, Montana, like I said, or Salt Lake City, like you said. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like you, like, you look at that map and there's, like, that big open area and you're just like, we could put a team there, but no one wants to see another team in California because those guys can't support the teams they haven't in, in the first place.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so. The reason the Raiders move to Vegas. Yep,
0: absolutely. So, uh, going back, so, you know, growing up, you know, you're mid-2000s, end of the 2000s, you're, like, really big into football now. Which player would you want on the Cowboys in their absolute prime, the Danian thompson or Adrian Peterson?
1: It's got to be Adrian Peterson, man. That guy was a machine. Um, just the fact, you know, it was just proven by the fact that, you know, he tore his ACL, came back the next year around for over 2,000 yards, like, I loved watching him play. Mm -hmm. Um, So many times he was rumored to Dallas, right? Never seen. He's Texas product. Um, Even though he spurned the Longhorns for the Sooners, um, I just imagine what it would have been like if he hadn't done that. And we would have had Vince Young and Adrian Peterson in the backfield. Yeah. For the Longhorns, that would have been incredible. Um, So it's got to be Peterson. He just... LaDainian is, is, he was kind of like Marshall Falk, right? Like, yeah. kind of do it all, you know, shifty back. Um, you got the touchdown record and, and all that. But yeah. Peterson was just a different animal. And I love watching his highlights. I loved it when he would get into the open field and hit that that other gear. Mm-hmm. Like, he reminded me of, like, a galloping horse, man. He would, like, yeah. it wasn't a, a, a normal gait. You know, he would kind of, like, surge forward with, like, one arm and one leg, like, picking yep. up speed. Like, I just – I would have loved to see him in his prime in a Cowboys uniform.
2: Yeah.
0: You know who reminds me now of Adrian Peterson? Nick Chubb.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know,
0: he's, you know he's got that, that good offensive line, but he averages like four points – I think they – because I, I listen to him almost every day. He averages like 4.6 yards after contact last year and like yeah. he sometimes he doesn't wear gloves <laughs> so it's a, that's that's like even cooler to me yeah but like you know he's one of those guys he's not afraid to hit you and then if he hits you and he gets hit by contact he's still going that's that's like you know you got like the derrick henry's other world but adrian peterson i think his his comparison now would be nick chubb so who would you who would you say that the like danian thomason's um would be his
1: comparison that plays now so current day, um, shoot, you could even stick with the Chargers, man. Eckler is pretty similar. Yeah, uh, What he does for the offense is, is what ladanian did back then, you know, yeah. uh, for the Chargers. Uh, he's good out of the backfield. Got really good contact balance. It's hard to bring him down. He's got low center of gravity. Um, really good vision, you know, finding the hole. Yeah. So e- Eckler is pretty close to what yeah. Ladanian was back then.
0: Yeah, they the Chargers have built themselves a nice, nice little team this year. I mean, it sucks that they play in the toughest division in football because that's that's rough. I'm glad we don't play in the AFC West. I'm oh, so silly. and I'm
1: glad and I'm glad we played the AFC West last year, and yeah. not
0: this year. Yeah, they that is that is a machine, and I, <laughs> I've, I mean, having Russell Wilson, at, you know, with the Broncos, you still feel like they could finish last with as good as oh, their yeah. wide receiver core is and as good as their defense is. Like man, this team can this team can finish last and be like nine win team, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: believe it man. It's going to yeah. be they're probably going to split all their games. Yep. Um I think probably the team that has had the most turnover this offseason or has been the Chiefs, you know, losing Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Um bringing in, you know, uh MVS, drafting Sky Moore. Um Chiefs might be in trouble, man. They got arguably the best quarterback in, in the league, but with a division like that, you know, they can't have any slip-ups. Yeah, because the
0: Chargers just picked up J.C. Jackson and Clay back. So, God, that's, yeah. <laughs> they're hey, staying. man, but
1: uh, I don't know what they're doing with their salary cap, but Stephen Jones don't like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so last two questions so you, so you can get out here and get to your party. Uh, you name them, I'll tag them. Your top
1: three underrated Twitter followers i definitely uh i'm gonna cheat here a little bit because yep. i definitely gotta plug plug the guys yep. on the show um we got uh adam y uh at hop deville uh we got uh mark on mark East corner and then we have uh andres uh that boy dreasy All right, yep. i lump those into one yep there's another uh follow that i enjoy and he um he actually just got to twitter not that long ago just a couple months um but uh, outlaw cowboy okay uh he's at, at outlaw underscore cowboy fb um i really like what he brings to to the cowboys trigger community he's got you know he's got like those unorthodox stats you know kind of like the deep dives mm-hmm. and you know he gets a lot of action on his tweets you know people uh arguing with each other and uh especially like rivals you know like yeah. You know, he's he bring he brings out stats that you know like even he even had one today. You know, talking about how Zeke was still bit one of the best backs in the league because of these stats that he got. And then he's got you know Philly fans and Commanders fans jumping on there and oh Zeke's trash and you know he's going back and forth with them and he always has a response and uh uh in Twitter Spaces as well. You know he yeah. likes bringing his voice in there and going back and forth with people. He's he's a really good follow.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: For my third one, um, never met the guy, but I've been following him on Twitter. Uh, he's pretty cool. Uh, Joe Pepe. I don't know if you follow him. Uh, even though he's an Eagles fan, that's cool with me. He's a cool guy. Um, he's always posting uh, funny stuff with him and his girlfriend. Um, he does like some fantasy writing. Okay. Uh, he worked, I, I actually believe he writes for fantasy prose. Okay. Um, so he... Uh, I think he runs a gym up in, up in Philly, and uh, he's like an amateur boxer. He just had a match a couple months ago that he trained for. That's legit. Um, he knocked the guy out. Like he's, he's just a really cool follow, man. He posts a lot of funny stuff, and uh, he's always in his gym, so he's he does trick shots, like with the yoga balls, like trying to – he sets them up, and it takes he tries it every single day, and he posts a video – and he's like unsuccessful and so he finally is successful and he moves on to a different one.
0: There you go. It's crazy the like the kind of people that you meet and follow on Twitter, you know.
1: Oh, and uh, his tag is uh J Jpep20.
0: Jpep, okay.
1: 20 I I so. Yep. Let me check in check in my notes. Yeah, oh. Jpep20. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, cool. Okay, last question here. Top 3 places you want to vacation and why.
1: Um so I have a coworker that he goes here often. Um, It's an all-inclusive resort in Mexico. It's called Playa del Carmen. Um, White sandy beaches, beautiful resort, family friendly. Um, So I would love to take my family there. Okay. Um, I would like to visit Ireland. Ireland. And that's mainly because that's my dad's dream vacation spot. He's never been, so I would love to take him there, you know, just see the culture over there in Ireland, hit up a pub, you know. Yeah. Drink some hot Guinness, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that would be cool. And then uh my third one would probably be just any any Caribbean cruise probably. And that one would be just for my wife and I get away for a while. Yeah. Three days, four nights, whatever, you know, just to – get out of here and, you know, hit the ports and see what's what, see the culture there and do a little bit of shopping. Of course, a little bit of eating and yeah. you know, try the food everywhere you go.
0: Absolutely. So that's a little, little R and R. That's, that's what, that's what everyone needs, man. A little R and R, especially the way things are going today. So listen, man, pleasure talking to you. Where can we find you again on Twitter, writing podcast, YouTube, you name it.
1: Uh yeah, uh, the podcast Talking Boys with the Boys, we're available on all platforms, uh Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um we got a whole season up. I want I want to say it's uh pretty close to 60 episodes. Yeah. So you can go back and start at the beginning and and uh, see what we're all about. Um I haven't been doing too much writing lately, but if I do, it's, you know, you can always find it on my Twitter handle, Mario Powers up. Um other than that, you know, I'm just I'm just out there um uh, talking cowboys and you know sharing memes and uh talking about movies you know i love the mcu yep um posting about food of course
2: yep
0: multifaceted guy listen man pleasure talking to you thank you so much for coming on today as always go cowboys go cowboys